Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. Um, it is, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. It is a new year. It is a new podcast, a new episode. Happy New Year, by the way. If no one has told you yet, Happy New Year. Also, it is the second day of the year. So if no one has told you Happy New Year yet, I am so sorry. You definitely need you need to get some better friends. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I know you've been feeling this for a little while, but hearing it now, it's really sinking in. Had old friends are hard, I know. Uh, but in all seriousness, Happy New Year. I'm excited to get into today's episode. Today, we're going to be looking back over this last year. Um, y'all, I I love statistics and things because I'm that kind of nerdy dude. Uh, like even as a kid, I I would I had just had charts in my journals of things, and I would see like how many days something happened. I I used to play this game on uh, on the PC back in like '99 or something. Uh, it was called oh what was it? It was a roller coaster game, Roller Coaster Tycoon. That was the name of it. And uh, you could name different characters who were just guests in your park. You designed a roller coaster like theme park. That was the the idea of the game. And I would name the characters my friends' names. And then I would keep track of which roller coasters they went on. And if they rode the roller coaster with a different friend. And I had charts and I had all these things. One of my friends ended up like, it just kept getting sick on all the rides. And I was like, <laughs> Josh, you can't handle these. Um, but yeah, I've always been someone who's interested in statistics and charts and analytics and all of that, uh, which is why I always love, I know some people hate these, but I always love the uh, Spotify wrapped deals. I know that came out like a month ago now, um, back in mid December or something. And I always like to see, how many hours or how many minutes I listened to music and how many podcast episodes I listened to, what were my top podcasts that I listened to all those, all those different things. Um, but what I learned this year was that there's a Spotify wrapped for podcast hosts like myself. And, uh, and I, I wanted to share a couple of things with y'all, uh, which, which I thought was really cool. So, um, one, we made a lot of content this last year, like nearly 2,500 minutes of content, which is more than 98% of the other, uh, business podcasts. So you're welcome. If you enjoy these long form podcast episodes, that's for you. Um, but also like we've, uh, reached, we have, have listeners, you listeners are in 54 different countries, 54 different countries listened to this podcast in 2022, which was amazing. Obviously, the U.S., that's where I am. That's uh, that's where most of uh, of you listeners are from. So thank you for listening in. But also wanted to give a, a shout out to Canada, Australia, the U.K., and India for being the rest of the top five. So uh, if you are a listener from any of those four countries, DM me because I would love to connect and just say hi and thank you for listening. And also with those stats, I got your most listened to, most downloaded, your 
favorite episodes of 2022. So I'm going to play some uh, little snippets from those episodes. So if you're new here, first of all, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you decided to press play today. Um, but yeah, if you're new here, maybe you haven't listened to some of the backlog earlier in the year episodes. Uh, this is going to be great for you. And if you have been around since like day one, this would be great to re-listen to these. I always get something else out of listening to different episodes. Um, like even just listening back over these five, I was like, Oh, I need to implement this again. Cause I like kind of did it back in May and now I need to do it again. So I'm going to be counting down your top five favorite episodes of 2022 by, you know, the number of downloads, uh, which is the indicator of if you liked it or not. Starting off at number five, your fifth most favorite episode of 2022 is Chain Reaction Marketing with Ben Hartley. It was a great episode. Ben is amazing. He's got his own podcast, the Six Figure Photography Podcast, and he's got his Six Figure Photography Facebook group too, which if you're not a part of that, go join that too. Um, but he's just a, a very, uh, very jovial guy. It's super easy to get along with. And we had a blast. Um, there's a lot of laughter in that podcast and he dropped a ton of knowledge, um, including the story. So uh, let me go ahead and play that clip for you from Ben Hartley's episode. Yeah. And it's, you know, to tie this to chain reaction marketing, it's like yeah. one of the first questions that I would encourage anyone to ask themselves before they do any marketing is like, how is this marketing that I'm about to do? How is it moving me closer to the vision that I have for my business and my life? Like, like to actually slow down enough to consider what do I, what do I want? I just, man, I coach a lot of photographers who they just keep doing, they do whatever's in front of them. They do the next thing and it works and they build something, they build something, they build something. And then like five years later, they've built this whole system around themselves that is crushing them. It's like, I, I've built this business that no longer serves me. It, it has me more than I have it. Yeah. And I need to figure out how to shift it. Right. And if we can get ahead of that and to consider like, what's, what's the life that I want, you know, do I want to be photographed? Like, it's great. If you want to be like volume, do I want to be doing 200, you know, portrait sessions a year, uh, keep my weekends open. Like, is that what you want? Cool. Then you can begin to consider what marketing efforts would work towards aligning with that versus do you want to do 12 weddings at $12,000 average? Uh, with an additional 3000 in print sale. I understand that's a name by the way. So those numbers may seem like, well, that's right. crazy, Ben. What? Well, we've got to set a name. Like what is the aim that we're moving towards? The vision that we're moving towards. I'm not saying you snap your fingers and you book $12,000 weddings instantly, right. but yeah. let's know what we're up to and let's decide if, if this effort is going to get me closer to that or, or further away because it'll, it'll change how you even, um, distinguish success versus not a success. Have you heard the, uh, the, this old story, this parable of the fisherman and the banker? I don't know that I have. Okay. I mean, so, not off the may, 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 <laughs> I share, <laughs> may I share the story? Yes. So gather the fisherman, around everyone. <laughs> children come, come closer. 
Let me see if I'm going to, I want to, I want to do it justice. I want to pull this up here. Um, So the fisherman and the banker, this is a story of uh, there was a, a banker, and he's out on vacation and, uh, and he's out at this, like a small coastal, like fishing village. And he's there and, and, uh, and he's walking the pier and he sees a, a boat, uh, pull up to the dock and inside the boat, there's a fishman and he's got several of these like large fin tuna in the boat and the banker, he compliments the fisherman, you know, on the quality of the size of these fish. It's pretty impressive. And he asks the fisherman, Hey, how long did it take you to catch these things? And the fisherman replied like, well, only a little while. And, and the banker's mind, you could see it's like, he starts to, he starts thinking his uh-huh. brain's going and he's like, well, okay, cool. Why didn't you stay out longer? It only took you a little while. Why didn't you stay out longer and catch more fish? And, and the fisherman replies that, well, he catches enough to support his family's immediate needs plus a little extra over the years. And the bankerman's like, well, then what do you do with the rest of your time? And the fisherman says, I sleep late. I fish a little. I play with my children. I take a siesta with my wife, Marie. We stroll the village each evening where I sip wine. I play guitar with my amigos. Listen, I got a full and a busy life. And the banker, he he chuckles to himself. He's not trying to be rude, but he's like, listen, okay, I got some ideas. Would you be open to hearing them? The fisherman agrees. And so he says, well, what if you spend a little bit more time fishing? And then with those proceeds, you buy a bigger boat. And with those uh, proceeds from a bigger boat, you buy several large boats. And eventually you'll have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling to the middleman, you'd sell directly to the processor. You could open up your own cannery. You'd control the product, the processing, the distribution. You'd probably leave this small fishing village. Maybe you'd head to LA, one of the coastal cities, New York. You could run the expanding enterprise. And, and the fisherman's like, okay, well, how long would this take? The banker's like, well, I think with some proper guidance, 15 years, maybe 20. The fisherman's like, okay, but then what? And, and, and the banker's like, this is, this is one of the best parts is, you know, when the time's right, you sell your company, you, you, you'll be rich, you'll make millions. And the fisherman's like, millions? And the banker's like, yeah, millions. And the fisherman says, okay, so millions. So then what? And the American, the, 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 pay, the American, the banker, <laughs> the banker replies, oh, well, this, this is, this is when it gets really cool. You'd retire. You'd move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late. You'd oh. fish a little, you'd play with your kids. You'd take a siesta with your wife, Marie. You'd stroll the village in the evening. You'd sip wine then you'd play guitar with your amigos. Does that make sense? Oh Yeah. It it just ties to what you're saying with like, you know, we're doing all this stuff. We're grinding it out. So that way, maybe at some point in the distant future, we could spend time with the people that we say matter the most to us. It's like, well, I got to make all these blog posts. I got to do a stuff so I can build the business. So that way I can then spend time with you. I can make all the money. So that way I can stop and I could just be here now. Well, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can be here now. And you yeah. can still provide for your needs and a little extra, by the way, um, th- that doesn't, you know, bode well for everybody. And everybody likes that story. Some people are like, no, I want the cannery. I want the distribution company. And that's great. I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just going through like the, the banker telling the fisherman all those things. I was like, man, I'm feeling overwhelmed for that yeah, fisherman right now. That feels so <laughs> much work and yeah. like long days and, early mornings to find all those fish and then trying to, you know, taking on new responsibilities and things. Um, 
it's it's taking more of your energy, more of your time, and then you have less time for the things yeah. that you really care about. Because business well, is, is great. Yes. Like, it's it's it, cool and everything, but like, is it what's most important in your life? So for some people it is, and that's okay, by the way, no bad. Some people are just really mm. built to just like drive and to build enterprises. And, and thankfully I'm actually grateful for that. It's like, we, we have some incredible systems because of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, but it's good to ask yourself, is that what I actually want? Or is that what I've told myself success needs to be? Uh, because I discovered this the hard way, John, at one point, I had five full-time photographers. We were doing just under, it was over 90 weddings, just under a hundred, 90, it was like wow. 96 weddings in a year. Um, and then, and then my twin boys were born and I was on this hamster wheel that I couldn't get off. And the liability that I felt from that when dates were getting canceled and photographers were, were stepping back and now leaving me empty handed with like, okay, I got to, <laughs> I got to fill, you know, right. 30 <laughs> weddings of work that now I'm liable for just like all of this stuff. I, I, I quickly realized that I had told myself that in order to be a successful photographer in this industry, right. And, and, and kind of be this beacon that'd be like, Hey, see, look, look at, look at me, look what I can do. That yeah. that's what that needed to be. That's the lie that I believed. And, um, and it took me going all the way to that point to realize a couple of things. One is I'm not a great manager of people. I think I let a lot of my, my photographers down in that way. And, and, in in my poor managing skills, mm -hmm. um, I was, wasn't built for that. I told myself I needed to be in order to right. be worth a damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so to, to, to come back in, in some ways it was almost like, um, I'm not sure. John, what, what's your take on this? Sometimes I wonder, are there things in our life that we have to go all the way to the edge of the cliff before we realize that it wasn't meant for us? Or can we learn? I, I, I'll give you a context of this. Sometimes I, I think about this in regards to photography gear. Dude, mm -hmm. I used to carry around, like I had everything. I had literally every lens. I had every piece of lighting equipment. I used to carry around giant, like four by two, uh, octobox and not octoboxes, uh, uh, soft boxes on pro photo lights with backpacks to charge it. Just like I had oh, so yeah. much stuff thinking that this would make me a better photographer or at least esteemed that way. And then I started to realize, I think this is doing a hindrance. I think I'm missing moments. I think all of this gear is a burden and, and it's actually, it's, it's hurting my work, but I don't know if I would have, ever believed that until I actually saw it and experienced it. What, what's your take? Yeah, I, I, that's a hundred percent me as well. Starting off, I bought the, uh, like a large Nikon D750 with like the battery grip and like, it was a massive camera and I had the, the long 70 to 200 lens that I left on all day. Cause I wanted people to know, Hey, I'm the, I'm the professional photographer. Yeah at this wedding. Yeah. Look at how big this lens is. I can't be an amateur with this thing. And I was breaking my back. Like it was, is so heavy, uh, lugging around all my gear and like the big cameras, the big lenses and all that. And I realized that I was missing those moments because I wasn't in them. Yeah. And I was, I was far away because I had to be with that lens and, uh, and then switch to smaller cameras. Mm -hmm. and closer lenses, wide angles to where I can be in there and I can be chatting with someone and talking about 
you know, the, the new puppy that they have at home and getting those smiles and that, and I can be taking pictures at the same time. And I wasn't, I wasn't missing the moments because I was there, but I don't think that I would have learned that had I not had the big gear and had all those things. Um, and, and the same with like, uh, in, in business, I wanted to be someone that some, that people looked up to. I wanted to look like I had all Mm -hmm. of these things and travel all over the place. And I was, I was traveling a lot, like 20, uh, 2017, 2018, I was like, I'm going to become a traveling photographer. And that's what I want to do because that's what the big, the big people are. They, you know, they yeah. shoot national weddings. Like that's, I, I'm doing great here in Texas. I'm, you know, business is thriving, but if I want to take it to the next level, I got to travel. And I started doing that. And then we had our second child and I realized that I had been gone a lot during, uh, you know, my, my son's, you know, third year or I guess second year of life. Cause I was traveling a lot and I was gone mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, traveling is great. It looks good for everyone else, but was it important to me to miss those moments being home, yeah. getting to see my kids grow up and say their first words and take their first steps and all of that. And, um, and I think that that some things we have to do ourselves, like you said, get to the mm-hmm. edge of the cliff and then we see, oh, wait, no, this is not for me. Um, yeah. And then there are other things that we can learn from other people who have gone to the edge on their own mm-hmm. in their own life. And we can see, oh, I saw that you did this. That's where I'm headed. Yeah. And maybe I can take some knowledge from you, some insight from you. And if we align, I don't have to get all the way there. I can, I can take this little shortcut. And now mm-hmm. it's not three years later that I'm finding myself at the edge. I'm already back here and I'm living life to the fullest. Yeah. Yes. That Ben is just, he's, he's got it. I, I, I can listen to him all the time. It's just, he's always telling me exactly what I need to hear, um, which I loved having him on the podcast. If you want to listen to that full episode, you can scroll on down uh, through your podcast player to episode 115, 115. Uh, Ben, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but he also hosts the Six Figure Photography Podcast. So go check that out too. Number four, we're moving right along. I am not one of those radio DJs that I'm just going to babble all the time, but we're going straight into number four. Your fourth favorite of the year was Ash Holstein's episode where we talked about pricing and how to set things up so that you're making it easy for your clients to say yes. Let's get into that episode. I think like the biggest lesson that I have learned and I've taken this with me having photographed different kinds of photography Mm -hmm. um, throughout the years is that you want to always give options to your clients for them to say yes, instead of trying to answer no on behalf of your clients. And so for a long time, I wanted my, my business to look a certain way because I was so afraid of my clients saying no. Yeah. And so once I started giving them options for them to always say yes, 
my like my business changed into now like it's unlimited the things that I can offer and give and add value and my clients will always say yes nice okay yeah and I love that because it's also like leading them into positive uh experience instead Mm -hmm. of like assuming well I don't want them to say no so I'm gonna try and head off this negative and just like all the negative uh vibes that go with with that um versus the positive vibes of allowing them to say yes Mm -hmm. um do you mind like expanding on that a little bit more like what are some ways that you do that i know this is off topic and everything um but uh but like kind of what are some ways that you allow your um your clients to say yes Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing, which is kind of like our theme, um, is pricing. Like pricing is, was like a big being in central Florida and having such a big community of photographers, mm-hmm. you really have to narrow down your niche so that people that you want to attract find you. And so for the longest time, I didn't really know how to do that. And so it reflected on my pricing because I was so scared of like being charging what I was worth. And so I was like, Oh, I I want them to book me. I don't want them to say no. So I would, I would charge whatever the girl down the road was charging because it felt like a safe pricing. Right. So instead of striving and struggling and still getting business, but not meeting my goals and not meeting my financial needs, I decided that I wanted my pricing to, to support me as an artist. And that meant that I needed to stop that fear. And so the ways that I did that was offering, you know, a unique kind of wall art or a unique set of prints or kind of owning the things that I valued and the things that I even invested on my, on my own when I bought photography from other people Mm -hmm. and kind of saying, okay, this is Ashley Holstein. This is why my experience is different. And this is why it's worth it. And this is why I'm charging much more than the girl down the road. (laughs) And once I started doing that, people were like, Oh, it makes sense. Of course. Yes. You're like the better option. Like I budgeted this much, but I'm willing to go above and beyond that because what you're offering me is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. It's like you, you added to your experience and added to what you were offering instead of just like, you know what? I want to raise my prices. So I'm just going to do that. But then you leave everything the exact same and you're not up leveling the experience or up leveling the value that you're providing. That was so great. And if you want to listen to the rest of that episode, the full episode, uh, you can go on back to number 104. I will also have all these linked in the show notes, so you can easily just click on them and go listen to the next one. Um, On to number three, your third spot. We have Allie Caulfield, where we talked about how to create a high converting website. There was so much great insight into SEO and CRO and all of those things that really help you get found online. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to stop talking and just jump right into Allie's episode. 
we got a couple couple comments in here already. A couple people watching. Uh, hey, Belinda. Hey, Ariel. Um, Ariel was asking because uh, you were mentioned like how photographers we have plenty of images. We know the importance of images, um, and she was she was asking how do you balance images with wording or copy? Um, like the balance is is sometimes a struggle to to have like how much copy should you have on your website versus how many images? Cause it's easy for us photographers to just be like, look, these are all, all of my photos. Yeah. yeah. So that's an awesome question. Um, and I think a lot of people probably think the answer is like, Oh, you want it to be really balanced. You want it to be half photos, half, you know, copy. And the fact of the matter is that you actually want way more photos than you want copy. Um, okay. whether well, that's, it's that's good. photos or, you know, graphics, um, because people are not reading these long paragraphs and it's the thing I see all the time. Um, especially with like testimonials or like about pages where it's just, it's like this essay. And, um, I like to call it these, these grandma credentials because people are going on and on about where uh, they went to school and why they love what they do and, you know, why they're, their gear and why they're so, you know, qualified to do this. And I'm like, I genuinely think that no one but your grandma is going to read that. Yeah. Um, and I say that with so much love, it's not personal. It's just the nature of the online space. We have really, really short attention spans. You know, I do this for a job and even my attention span on websites. You know, if you think about it, people are going through, you know, your, your homepage that it's, you know, the, before the scroll page, so, or the, before the scroll space on your homepage. So the very mm. first thing they see before they're either scrolling down on their, you know, iPhone or on their computer. Um, it's really, really important because you want to make sure that you're grabbing their attention. And the best way to do that is with a photo and with what I call a one liner. So that's a little bit of copy that's really drawing them in, telling them, you know, what it is that you do, the service that you provide for them. Um, okay. And you really want to maximize that. And that really needs to be balanced in terms of the the photo and the, and the copy. And then um, really, you know, drawing them in with those visuals and being very intentional with your copy. So asking yourself, is this the most succinct way that I can say this? Mm. Am I, you know, going into way too much detail that no one is going to read this? Yeah, um, that's, that's me. <laughs> I'm like, and that happens. It's way so too common. much detail. Yeah. It's so, so common. Um, but something that I think is really, really helpful to know that you have struck that balance. Um, Cause it, it, it's obviously tricky, you know, to really give you like a quick tip without seeing your website and seeing the layout. But this is what I found right, to yeah. be massively helpful is you want your website to pass what is called the headline test. So if people go through and they are just reading the things that are in the bigger font, so you're, you know, your one liner at the very top, and then just the headings all throughout your website, mm -hmm. are they understanding who you are and what you do? And they just read that and they're not reading any of this little text underneath you know, are you really drawing them in? And are you painting a picture of who you are and what you do and how you do it? Um, and so really maximizing that copy and really making sure that those headlines are really catchy and really drawing your audience in and painting a picture um, is going to be, you know, the best thing you can do. But if you're realizing, you know, I don't have as much copy as I have images or graphics, you're probably doing something right because people will just write these essays um, that quite frankly, in the internet space, we just don't have the attention span for. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, you can put that all in a blog. If you want to be like, Hey, read more about me. Boom. Yes. Over here in my blog. And then you can go into the, when I was 12, I got my first camera. Yes. 
and, and then go nuts. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. You know, the, the, the <laughs> origin story and going into, into great depth there. But with copy, you're going mm-hmm. for succinct. You're going for catchy. You're going for walking them through the transformation of yeah. how, you know, how you take them from point A to point B. All businesses solve a problem or fulfill a desire. And are you walking them through what that looks like? And so photographers, what that looks like is I'm going to give you this gallery that takes you back to the moment when these photos were taken, makes you feel those emotions again, helps you, you know, relive that experience, helps you keep those memories alive, you know, and it's, you know, these really high quality images, you know, something that can't just be taken with a smartphone, you know, Mm -hmm. that your aunt can't just, you know, whip out her phone and take a few photos of the wedding. Those are not going to, you know, even come close to what I am able to create and just really painting that picture for them. So they understand exactly how to book with you. They understand exactly how to, you know, find your portfolio so they can see if your style really matches what they're after. All of that great stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. And like you were saying, like guiding them through your site, there are so many, cause I, I go over a lot of photographers sites, either doing critiques or um, just like looking for, uh, for potential guests to come on the show. And there are so many that are just like, here's a site and then there's no call to action anywhere on there. I'm just like, I'm just scrolling. And then I hit a dead end. I'm like, well, where, where do I go next? Uh, So I love that you were like, yeah, guide them through your site and tell them like, okay, you're finished with here. Now go here. Yes. And I love the fact that you said call to action because that's huge. They did a study that said that like 80% of small business websites do not have a call to action. And, you know, for those listening that are like, what the heck is a call to action? Um, Yeah, yeah, let's explain. So there's two different types of calls to action. There's indirect and direct. And essentially what it is, is it is guiding people throughout your website and telling them what you want them to do. So the direct call to action is click here to book. It is asking them for the sale. It's asking for the conversion. It's saying click here, you know, to book your session, to reach out Uh, for photographers. A lot of the times that's saying like, go to the contact page and fill out the contact page and submit it. It's very direct. Those indirect call to actions are click here to read more about me, you know, click here to sign up for my newsletter, to be added to the email list, click here to listen to the, to listen to the podcast. It's not directly asking them for the sale, but it's asking them to continue their journey of, you know, going through your website or interacting with your brand in whatever capacity that is. So making sure that you're really, you know, all of the pages on your website should be linking to one another. Um, And the best place to do that is your homepage, you know, giving them that little blurb about you and then saying, click here to read more, giving them, you know, the intro to your services and then saying, click here to to read more about, you know, our packages and pricing. Um, The contact page saying like, are you ready to book already? Let's do this. You know? Yeah. Like I said, so much great insight. And if you want to listen to Allie's full episode, it is episode 117. Side note, my new photography website, which is launching next week, is designed with one of Allie's templates. So thanks, Allie, for making great templates. (laughs) On to number two. We are almost to the end. I feel like this just started. Uh, But we are on to number two. Your second favorite episode of the year is episode 99 back toward the beginning of the year with Carolina Gusick, where she shared the five must have web pages for your website. Y'all really liked the website episodes this year I'm seeing, um, which is 
which makes sense because you need to have a good website uh, as a photographer. So um, here, let's get into Carolina's episode. So I think that it's important to preface this with like, this is not going to happen overnight. Yes. Getting your website to be really, really good takes a lot of time. Also, it's never going to be complete, right? I think this is one of those things that is always evolving, always changing. And you have to like, you're never really done, right? It's always like a, like a beautiful work in progress. But I think the, the goal will be to get your website to a point that is really, really good. And now you just need to tweak every now and then little things. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with Google changing the algorithm and, and all those things, it's like, it's, it's never ending. Even if you have like the amazing website, mm-hmm. you still have to update it and change those blogs and do all the things and, and move forward with where Google's moving to. And I think that's, that's why maybe the reason a lot of people feel like discouraged about working on their websites, because it's like, why is never working, but I can guarantee you it's one of the best tools that you can have for your photography, right? We focus so much on social media, but I think that we need to diversify where we are getting, you know, our efforts. And if you don't have a website right now, or if you think that a website is not important, nothing could be less far from the truth because it is really, really important to have a website, not only for people to find you, but also to build trust and credibility with future clients or even your current clients or actually even your vendors. Like, if you want to work with like more upscale wedding, you know, wedding planners or better, you know, florists, things like that, they are going to check your website. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you send them to your Facebook page or mm. an Instagram, because uh, I've I've uh, I've met with other photographers. I'm like, oh, hey, that's so cool. Like run into people at the park or something also taking photos. I'm like, oh, what's your what's your website? Let me check out your stuff. And they're like, oh, here's my Instagram and then that's it. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, if you want to work with like the the higher end, the luxury market, um, you definitely need a website because uh, Facebook is just not going to cut it. Um, plus, Facebook is like building your castle on rented land and then they can just. It, it'll it could be gone. Uh, Correct. You know, my space is not around anymore. Um, <laughs> And, and I know like they had like a huge uh, music dump too, where they lost like 13 years of uploads. Cause it was a big music site mm. after, after all of us left in the early two thousands. Um, but yeah, I was reading that recently. I was like, Oh yeah, that's terrible. If they had all their music just in there and that was the only place that people were finding those artists Correct. and then that's gone. Uh, also, so yeah. Like- with a website, you also, it's a place for you to not only obviously showcase your work and, you know, what you do, but it's, it's a place where you can have a, a bigger brand voice, right? And people can really find out at least 80% of who you are and who do you work with and what are you about? So I think that's really important. I think that Instagram is still, it's an important component, but Instagram is like a little tiny glimpse of your business. And I yes. think that even, you know, it, yeah, it's important to focus some time there websites is kind of like the long game right it's like mm-hmm. we're gonna plant some seeds now and we're gonna collect in a couple of months or maybe even a year but you know once the once the ball is going it's you kind of like can relax a little bit and things you know take your hands away from the wheel a little bit oh yeah yeah i heard um i don't remember who it was or i would give them credit because i've said this many times um but like an analogy of social media is it's it's like a handshake 
and mm. and it's like meeting meeting them and then the your website is where they get to know you where you can have conversations and they can read all about you and what you do and social media is just like highlight reel like hey how's it going let me give you a high five now come over here and Correct. now you can see what my life is like uh so yeah no i think that is um uh, super uh super meaningful to uh, to really focus on your website and to have that mindset, like you were saying, this is not like if you implement the things that uh, that we're going to be talking about today, tomorrow, and then expect to see uh, results yeah, no. by the weekend. That's it's not going to happen. Not going <laughs> to no. happen. But yeah. at least, you know, we have to start somewhere, right? So at least, oh, yeah. you know, some of the things that we're going to talk about, you know, if you implement and you do that, you, you can start seeing some results. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you take the the little steps, step by step and keep taking those steps, you will see the big results um, a lot more than if you don't take any steps at all. You're just going to be right where you are. Correct. So there is a couple of things that websites can do, right? And one, we can talk about the structural part of the website, which is kind of like what Google gets to see, right? Which is kind of like the behind the scenes, Wizard of Oz, the person behind the curtain kind of a thing. And that's uh, obviously super important if you want to rank, if you want people that know nothing about your brand to discover you, super important. And then there is the aspect of how people feel when they come to your website. Do they feel welcome? Do they feel that they are a part of your brand? Do they like what, you know, what they see? And whether they like it or not, it's, it's both important because I do feel like with your brand, you should, you should attract and you should also repel people that are, that are not your people. So the website has many layers, right? Yes. And we need to focus in all of those layers, really, right? Because I feel people sometimes they focus really, really strongly into just brand and brand awareness and, you know, brand voice and all that. And that is good. But then again, if your structure is not leading new people into your website, um, it's kind of like a catch 22. Yeah. Yeah. The, the brand might look nice, but it's not converting anything. Correct. Leads are coming in. I forget who it is that originally said this, or I would give them credit, but whoever you are, if you're listening, you got credit. Um, but they said that social media is more of a handshake and that your website is like your online home where you really get to know someone. And this episode with Carolina was great to really build a welcoming home that is going to be resourceful for your guests. Um, if you want to listen to that full episode with Carolina, it is episode 99. Um, she also has her own podcast. You can go check that out at the Tog Republic podcast. And we have made it to your very favorite episode of the year. The one that you downloaded more than all of the others. And it has to do with how to become a traveling photographer, which from talking to a lot of you. I, I know that that is one of your dreams for, for many of you out there. You want to become a traveling photographer. You want to see how you can break out of your local market and get to travel and see amazing places. I know that is a dream of mine as well. And I love it every time that I get to jump on a plane and fly somewhere. So it does not surprise me that your number one episode was Evie McLeod's episode on how to become a traveling photographer. So let's get in to your favorite episode of 2022. Traveling photography 
how yeah. did you get into that? How, how did that start? Cause you weren't like living in a crazy destination uh, location uh, when no. you started photography. <laughs> no, not at all. I was living in the middle of the Midwest in Ohio. Um, and I, I, uh, anyone who's listening to this, who is in the Midwest, you know, you know, the struggle of trying to create anything remotely adventurous. There's like a few things that you can do. And then once you've gone to those locations or tried those things, you're like, all right. And next, um, <laughs> So for me, I really began to realize my ideal niche and my ideal clients were more in the adventurous destination, like, you know, more adventurous photography space. And I realized that Ohio really was not where I was going to meet that need. Um, uh-huh. It's just not, it's just not happening. So not a lot I, of people <laughs> eloping in Ohio. <laughs> not really. Um, not really. My first few weddings were very like, you know, church, country club, you know, golf course weddings, which is totally fine. But, um, I just realized that wasn't where I really creatively came alive. And so I began to kind of strategically market myself primarily as a destination photographer, which is where I began to, my sister at the time was living in, um, the Carolinas South and North, depending on what year. And Mm -hmm. I began to promote and market myself to the Carolinas. And then I would drive down to my sister and stay with her and do a shoot for like a hundred bucks, which, you know, didn't even cover my gas money, but I was getting the portfolio and I was showing that I was traveling. Um, and I had gone to a ministry school in Northern California. And so I would fly back out there, stay with friends, promote the heck out of like, I'm here, I'm doing shoots and, you know, offer them at a discount. It would barely cover my travel. And to me, like when, whenever a photographer asks, how do you break into the destination market space? How do you, you know, get into traveling photography? It is the answer that none of us want to hear, but it is the only answer. It is the best answer is you just have to travel. You have to get out there. You have to show that you're out there and traveling and moving as much as you can set up shoots, whether those are free, they're styled shoots. I paid, uh, my first elopement was an elopement styled shoot that I set up in Joshua tree, California. And I had a couple of photographers photographers come and shoot with me and they paid like a hundred or 200 bucks or whatever for the portfolio as well. So that helped cover some of my expenses, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I forked out several hundred bucks for all of the expenses for that and the travel and everything. But I just wanted to show that I was traveling. I wanted to show that I was doing stuff like elopements and, you know, it's, you can't just sit back and hope that that portfolio and those clients come to you. You have to go out and get them. And typically that means, traveling styled shoots, discounted shoots, free shoots, like whatever you can do to show that in your portfolio. And then from there, clients just started inquiring and, and, you know, it's like a stair step. I, I began to discount travel expenses, but the, the session price was full price. And then Mm -hmm. I began to be like full travel expenses and full session price. Like, you know, it's, it's a stair step process, but it just began to snowball from there after I really dove in and put in the work up front. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And that, that's so important. The, like you have to put in the work first, like you can, you could have changed your, your Instagram bio and like the header on your website to destination wedding photographer or elopement photographer. But if you're still just shooting Midwest weddings and Mm -hmm. everything looks like you live in Ohio, um, (laughs) like 
if if I was like uh, for for couples who are on Google searching and they like go on website to website, they're like, okay, this one looks different. Um, not exactly the vibe that we were going for for yes. a destination photographer. It doesn't quite line up with not what quite. they're saying. Yeah, yeah, and and like that can go with any any genre, anything that you're wanting um, for like. Uh, your next step in photography. Um, You know, if you really love those country club weddings, but you've never shot at a country club, like Mm -hmm. go set up a styled shoot or talk to them. Um, You know, I think a lot of times we are like, man, I really want to do this. I hope that like falls in my life. Yes. Yes. I hope this comes to me. I'm just going to put it it out into the universe. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Knocks on the door with a shiny bow and like, yeah. Hey, Evie, here you go. This is, this is your next step. But, um, but uh, so many times we have to get out there. Yeah. We have to go start doing those things. Um, I know I was a very different um, genre of photographer or not genre, but like my style was was very different uh, in the early years because I was just following whatever was trendy and doing yeah. whatever. I was like, cool, I will be bright and airy because everyone around here is bright and airy and that's what's selling. Yeah. Um, but like as I grew, I was like, oh, no, I'm a little bit more on the dark side, a little mm-hmm. bit more moody. I love like silhouettes and rich colors and all of those. And then uh, but I didn't have any of that in my portfolio. So I had to do the same thing where I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do like a free shoot for just yeah. like I I called up one of my couples and I was like, hey, I know y'all really had fun on your engagement session. You want to do another one? <laughs> I love it. And then I just like yes. shot all uh, like different locations with them. Um, yes. But like that's even something. Uh, that you could do is like call up couples that are already booked with you and be like, Hey, yeah. if you want a road trip? Like we hit it off. Like we're good. We already feel like friends. Like let's road yep. trip out to Joshua tree or something, or, you know, some local area that looks destination-y um, yep. and, and start doing that. So like that action is, yeah. is so important. And, and I love that. Uh, how, how long I know, that this is going to be different for everyone but like how or I guess how often were you able to do that um, yeah going these different places um I'm trying to remember because it was quite a few years ago I think I was I was trying to go out somewhere at least every like two to three months um at that time I was shooting, I think I had like five weddings booked that year or six of my own. And I was second shooting a ton as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so any weekend that, or weekday that I was not shooting, I was trying to plan a trip somewhere, road tripping, asking friends to go somewhere. But I would say I did about four or five trips that year to show myself as really like out there traveling, shooting, doing other things. Um, and I did a couple shoots in each location as well. Um, so it was like five trips, 10 shoots, that sort of thing. And that just really set like the, the tone for my brand. And then people began asking me and I would give them discounts and be like, yes, I'll be there, pay full session price. And I'll, I'll cover half of my travel expenses, you know, type of thing. So it's do what you can. Y'all, that was so good. And if you loved that little snippet of that episode, definitely go check out Evie's full episode 116. And I will have all of these episodes linked again in the show notes for today's episode. Um, Also, 
Evie has her own podcast. Uh, she co-hosts with Lindsay Roman. It is called the Heart and Hustle Podcast. Definitely go check it out. It is one of my faves for sure. But yeah, that was our top five. Thanks so much for listening. I truly every time that there is a new download and just like I see the numbers of y'all who are listening. I get so excited that these episodes are landing on your ears and that uh, that you're able to take the expertise from you know my last decade in the business as well as other other professionals and other photographers who come on to share their experience over their years in business and uh, that you get to learn from our mistakes so you don't have to make those mistakes and you can get one step further in your business quicker. Um, I just, I get excited about it, uh, which I know y'all are probably tired of hearing me saying that I get excited <laughs> for y'all, but I really do. That is why I do this. Um, thank you so much for everyone who tuned in and listened in 2022. I am excited for the rest of 2023. I'm coming back next week with our normally scheduled programming and I've uh, got already got some great guests lined up for 2023. So I cannot wait if uh, I mean, this is a podcast for you. I want this to be helpful for you. So if there are any guests or if there are any topics that you're like, you know what? I haven't heard you talk about this or I haven't heard you talk about this in a long time or whatever it is that you are wanting to hear about shoot me a DM. You can email us at wisdomtangents at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram. Uh, the show is witpod, W-I-T-T for wisdom in the tangents, dot pod, wit.pod. And then of course you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at allheartphoto. And shoot me a DM and let me know what it is that you would like to see from the show, any guests that you're like, I think this would be a great guest and I would love to hear from them. And also we record our interviews live. So if you have not been around for a live interview yet, join the Facebook group. That is an opportunity for you. I have, I create, um, I create events in there for every episode. So you get to watch the interviews live and that's an opportunity for you to ask questions to these guests. So if you're like, ooh, I would love to hear from this photographer and I would love to ask them a question myself, then join in live and you just drop that question in the comments and then I will bring it into the episode. Uh, so it's a way for you to interview them too. But thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. If you have not already, subscribe to the show and we will just drop into your feed next Monday. Until next week, see you in the Facebook community. Bye, y'all. Wow, that was very country. I did not mean to go that country. I mean, I'm from Texas and everything, but I kind of pride myself that I don't have a, a thick drawl. Uh, but that y'all. Oh.